It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's our motto here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check out the show wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of the show. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, because every single Friday, answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on Locked On Panthers. And to participate in this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag, either at me or DM me on Twitter, at Julian Council. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I said it yesterday that I was broken, that Matt Rule had finally done it. I could not watch him as the head coach of the Carolina Panthers anymore. Well, David Tepper, the Panthers owner, must have heard my message as he finally relieved Matt Rule of his duties, firing him 38 games into his tenure here in Carolina and five games into his third season as the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Matt Rule finishes with an 11-27 record, where he was 1-27 in games where his team allowed 17-plus points in those games, including Sunday's embarrassing loss to the San Francisco 49ers, where the faithful, the 49ers fans, took over Bank of America Stadium in watching that game on CBS of Iron Eagle on the call All you saw was red. And for all the people that went, showed me that the majority of the Panther fans were the empty blue seats. It was mainly a 49ers crowd. And David Tepper watching that happen in the stadium and watching the team once again fail to win and get blown out by a Niners team clearly was finally enough for him. I wondered, with all the embarrassment stacking up, at what point in time would David Tepper pull the plug? And y'all had asked me that for weeks. I had no idea when it was going to happen. But I did lay out the numbers that it was going to happen. When you start off the way Matt Rule started, being 10-23 and 23 coming into the season, and when you have the issues that he's have with quarterbacks, and when you lose these close games, and you have never been able to finish games or go down and win a game in the final two minutes, when behind, this is what happens. You lose your job. So Matt Rule, 38 games into his tenure here in Carolina, will no longer be the head coach. And it's unfortunate, but it's a results business. I certainly have an empathy for Rule to come here to Carolina to leave a good college job and to get his one shot in the NFL and for it to not work out. But it's a results business. I have empathy for his wife and his kids who've had to come here, go through a pandemic, have to live under those COVID restrictions that the NFL had placed on them 
especially for his children, having to go through remote learning and probably not being able to make friends the traditional way and then finally have some sort of normalcy. But then now it's all over after five games. I do have empathy for the people in that building who don't make $40 million not to coach the Carolina Panthers that are only making $40,000 to be an analyst or to be a support staffer who may have lost their only chance to ever be in the NFL because Matt Rule did not get it done for them. So I have empathy, but it was time. And I understood that yesterday. It might have taken me a while to get there, but it became time for Matt Rule to get out of here of Carolina. And it will not be an era that's looked upon finally. We'll have plenty of time to talk about it as Steve Wilkes is now named the interim head coach. We'll get into whether this could be an opportunity for Wilkes over the next 12 weeks to show that he could be the head coach long-term here in Carolina. He is a Charlotte native, went to Dub C, West Charlotte, played at App State. Why not have Steve Wilkes be the guy? I would love to see that happen. I'm just not quite sure that's going to be the case in the result following these 12 games, especially now that... P.J. Walker looks like he's going to be the starter as Baker Mayfield has suffered a high ankle sprain of his own. Sam Darnold, who also has a high ankle sprain, is not coming back in the next couple weeks. And Matt Corral, the rookie out of Ole Miss, is out for the season. So we'll see how things work out the rest of the way. But Matt Rule is no longer going to be here. And that probably is a positive. I mean, it's not probably. It is a positive thing. Now, I know there's probably people out there thinking, okay, well, hey, had they kept Matt Rule around, maybe the Panthers wouldn't right there in prime position to get the number one overall pick. That's certainly one thought, but really it was the best thing for everyone involved that Matt Rule moved on and the Carolina Panthers moved on. Matt Rule can now go get a college job. And to my understanding, and this is reported by Ian Rappaport, that Carolina's on the hook this season for Matt Rule's salary and also for the ensuing seasons, but that would be offset if Matt Rule goes back to college and takes another job. So the $40 million that he's owed for the remaining four years of his deal, would not be paid if Matt Rule takes a college job. So we'll see whether Matt Rule wants to go to Arizona State, whether he wants to go to Nebraska, whether he wants to go to Wisconsin, and any of the other openings like Auburn that are probably going to happen over the course of the next couple weeks and months in college football. And for David Tepper, I'm wondering if he decided, all right, let me pull the plug now because it's not going to work out with Matt and hope that Matt gets a college job so I don't have to give him $40 million. It is David Tepper's mistake. And that's really the overarching thing we need to get into here in a moment. But I'm wondering if David Tepper decided, all right, now let's go ahead and do it. College jobs are already open. Let me get rid of Matt Rule. Hopefully he gets a job. When I look at Matt Rule and his time here in Carolina, one thing really is going to stand out to me, but there's also two things that stand out. And I'll first start off with the coaching staff. Matt Rule's coaching staff was not up to snuff when he got here to Carolina in 2020. It was not. And they could not have foreseen a global pandemic and all the other issues they're going to have to deal with and the limitations that were going to set that coaching staff and the organization back. But it was not a good enough coaching staff. Joe Brady, his only time he's been in the NFL was two years as an offensive assistant and analyst for Sean Payton down in New Orleans. He goes to LSU, where he did not recruit a single player where he did not coach the quarterback and he did not call the plays. And he won the Broyles Award for the best assistant coach in college football. Certainly deserving of it, but he definitely got way more credit than what was due to him for that LSU National Championship. Look at what Joe Burrow's gone on and done in the NFL. Look at Jamar Chase. Look at Justin Jefferson. Terrace Marshall's not been healthy enough to do it, but look what a lot of those players like Clyde Edwards-Alaire have done in the NFL once they got away from Joe Brady. They've been fantastic. It was not all Joe Brady. So Joe Brady had no business being here in Carolina. 
He did not have the experience. And Matt Rule talked about he went outside of his comfort zone to hire him instead of having Jeff Nixon, who had been his longtime friend dating back to growing up, going to Penn State, and he was with him at Baylor, and he was the interim last year at OC once they got rid of Joe Brady. But still, Joe Brady didn't need to be here. Joe Brady didn't have that high-level experience in the NFL, especially Matt Rule had only spent one year as an assistant offensive line coach at the Giants. He hadn't had enough experience. And he can have Tom Coughlin as his mentor, but that's not the same thing. It took until this year where he went out and got Paul Pascaloni, who had been a college football head coach and had been in the NFL for a long time. It took until this year to get Chris Tabor, who was an interim last year in Chicago and has been a special teams coordinator for 15 years in the league. It took until this year to get Steve Wilkes, who had been a one-and-done coach in Arizona. It took until this year to get Ben McAdoo, who had coached with the Giants under Tom Coughlin and then became the head coach. Matt Rule did not have the experience on his staff that he needed. Pat Meyer was not a good enough offensive line coach. We saw that. Chase Blackburn was a terrible special teams coordinator. We saw that. Frank Okam was not a good enough defensive line coach. We saw that. Matt Rule did a terrible job in assembling his staff. And I totally understand there's contracts and other situations that get in the way. And he talked about going into the season, how it takes a couple years to get your staff where you want it to be. Well, when you're coming from college where the track record shows you're probably going to fail, you need to set yourself up for success from the jump. He did not do that with his staff. And he definitely did not do that at the quarterback position. I have said this multiple times here on this podcast. I don't necessarily have a problem with the Carolina Panthers and Matt Rule wanting to move off of Cam Newton considering the back-to-back years of injuries. And that David Tepper, the owner, inherited Cam. He had gotten rid of the head coach in Ron Rivera, and a lot of those players ended up leaving as well. So I can understand with a new head coach, a young owner hiring his first head coach, and a GM who's clearly a lame duck that the Carolina Panthers would want to, in a way, rebrand and build the franchise in the vision of Matt Rule and of David Tepper and whoever would be the GM once Marty Herney left. I understand that. The way they went about it, I'll never respect. The whole, let's sponsor the drama of Matt Rule wants to keep coaching Cam Newton by sponsored by Honeywell. And then later come back and say, we're going to allow him to seek a trade when all that free agent quarterback money was already off the market at that point in time during free agency in 2020. I hated how they went about it, but it did make sense for Teddy Bridgewater, who went 5-0 as a starter, even though wins is not a quarterback stat, in New Orleans back in 2019 with an excellent roster, a great defense helping him. It would make sense for him to run the same offense here in Carolina under the tutelage of Joe Brady as the offensive coordinator. In the deal, three years, $60 million, it was expensive, but that's what a starting quarterback costs in the NFL. And I was totally fine with it because I always looked at it as two years of Bridgewater as a starter, then you bring in your next quarterback, and that guy will be ready to go and be the man, and the Panthers will be ready to be in position to compete for the NFC South come year three in 2022. Well, as we know, that did not happen. Bridgewater was Teddy Bridgewater. Y'all were mad as hell every week. David Tepper apparently was right there with you. We get to two weeks left in the season. They mutually part ways with Marty Herney, and David Tepper talks about you have to be in constant pursuit of that quarterback. Well, they had a deal in place with Matthew Stafford, but him and Sean McVay fell in love in Cabo, and Stafford said, I lost for 11 years in Detroit. The hell of coming to Charlotte. I'm going to go win a Super Bowl out in L.A. Deshaun Watson never wanted to come here. So then you're going to figure out what are you going to do? You have the eighth overall pick. You can take Justin Fields. You can take Matt Jones. Maybe you can trade up and get Trey Lance if that's who you like or one of those other two guys I mentioned. Instead, they decide, let's send a second, a fourth, and a sixth to the Jets for the worst quarterback in the league in Sam Darnold. And as we all saw, 
That did not work after an encouraging 3-0 start. So then we go through the process yet again. What are they going to do? Deshaun Watson still doesn't want to come here. Russell Wilson, who apparently is cooked, didn't want to come here. So are you going to draft a quarterback at six? Well, none of the quarterbacks are any good this year. So let's try and get a deal with Baker Mayfield. Let's let that fall through. Then do a panic move and trade up to get Matt Corral, who you could have sat back and got in the fourth round. Or you could have taken Sam Howell, who was available until the first pick in the fifth round. Later on, you finally get Baker Mayfield. He gets no OTAs, no mandatory minicamp because you could not get a you could not assemble a timely trade. He has to go through a sham quarterback competition with Sam Darnold. The offense barely gets any reps during the preseason, and they've been the worst offense in the league through five weeks under Ben McAdoo, the rock star OC. Matt Rule not being able to get a quarterback is why he's not here in Carolina. It's among what's the biggest reason. There's plenty of other reasons, but that's the one I'm going to always go back to. The staff wasn't great, but the quarterback can mask a lot of things. And in the NFL, it is a level playing field, unlike college. Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, they're always going to have inherent advantages. But in the NFL, with the salary cap league, free agency, it's a level playing field. Two things that can separate you when that's the case is the head coach and the quarterback. The Carolina Panthers had the worst head coach in the NFL the last three years and the worst quarterback play in the NFL the last three years. And my buddy Brian Ives over the ACC Network and ESPN put this stat out there that under Matt Rule, the Panthers had a team QBR of 39.1. Only Washington and the Jets were worse. You would have had me fold because Heineke looked better than Baker ever did. Heineke looked better than Sam Donald ever did. Maybe Teddy might have been a little bit better, but it didn't result in anything other than a 5-11 and season. So the quarterback play, god-awful. And you have no shot in the NFL if you don't have a quarterback. But Matt Rule did himself no favors with the Jay-Z comments, plenty of the things he said in the press conferences, not assembling a staff that was ready to compete in the NFL, and not being able to identify what to actually do at quarterback. But this is not always fall on Matt Rule. Not all of it, at least. I've been telling y'all, the Panthers have an owner problem. More specifically, a David Tepper problem. Can he get it right next time? I have no reason to believe that, but I got to hope, right? We'll be right back here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. It can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode when faced with a challenge in life, but when you learn how to find your own solutions, there's no better feeling. A therapist can help you become a better problem-solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals no matter how big or how small they are. There's nothing wrong all of going out there and talking to someone and going to therapy. It is a sign of strength, not a sign of weakness. If you're thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, Affordable and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists anytime you want to. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash lockdown and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash lockdown. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Don't get me wrong. Matt Rule is in over his head, clearly. And it's one of the things where it's like, can you find a tangible thing that Matt Rule really did so wrong as a head coach? Because you're watching him, it's like, okay, the defense, they got, they got a really good defense. And those special teams, that's improved. I mean, offensively, like, there's weapons out there. Quarterback's just terrible. So you can sit there and try and think, like, okay, like, what was he really doing that was all that bad? Well, the quarterback play was terrible. The coaches... We're bad the first two years. His in-game management clearly was not up to snuff. And come on, man. One in 27 in games where you give a 17 in a game. That is absurd. That is a ridiculous part to set for the defense to have to meet every game to keep them under that to win football games. That is terrible. So at 11 and 27, 38 games into this, it was time to pull the plug. It took me a while to get there, but it was time. Matt Rule. Certainly, I think will go on to be a fine college coach. We talked about it. He never beat a ranked team, never won a conference championship. Man, look at the con- – like, go to footballreference.com and look up Temple football and look what they've done in their history. Absolutely nothing. Al Golden won there, and outside of that, no one really did anything. Even Bruce Arians, when he was a head coach there. Matt Rule, he flipped that program around. Baylor had just the most vile, disgusting things happen in that program under Art Bryles. Matt Rule went over there, turned it around, had him right there on the cusp of a Big 12 championship and a college football playoff appearance, really just to get slaughtered by LSU, but he had him right there. So he's going to be fine in college. I'm sure people in Lincoln, Nebraska would love him. Now my, my friend, Nicky Wolf, who's a Panthers fan, and you see who hosts the One Day Contract podcast over at the Roaring Riot and the Riot Report, she's a Nebraska alum, and I really don't want her to have to go through that again, but I think Matt Rule would do fine there. I don't think he necessarily fits the culture at Wisconsin, but the Wisconsin Badgers want to go out and find someone else outside the Barry Alvarez tree, then Matt Rule would be a great choice. In Arizona State, like down the road in Chapel Hill, has always been considered a sleeping giant. And looking at the talent in a Phoenix area now, Matt Rule could turn the Sun Devils around. I'm sure he would do that. Even down in the plains of Auburn. There are sickos down there, absolutely insane people. And you're only safe if you're holding up the national championship trophy and confetti's falling on you. Meanwhile, you're always on the hot seat because Alabama and Georgia are your top two rivals. But I think he would win down there on the plains at Auburn. He's just not going to win in the NFL. And David Tepper got this one wrong. There are plenty of examples of college coaches who did not succeed. You can't bring up Pete Carroll because Pete Carroll was an NFL coach before he went to college at USC and built one of the great college teams of all time before going back to Seattle. So let's not talk about Pete Carroll. We saw Jim Harbaugh have brief success, but Harbaugh's personality weighs on you. Doesn't work out long-term. We saw Chip Kelly, brief success, didn't work out in Philly or in San Francisco. Now he's back at UCLA doing just fine. I don't think Matt Rule's struggling is going to impact his, his future in college if that's what he wants to do moving forward. And I imagine that's what he wants to do. Whether he wants to do it now or later, we'll see. But it's Nick, Nick Saban, one of the greatest college coaches of all time, probably the greatest, didn't succeed in the NFL. Steve Spurrier, the old ball coach, HBC. Failed with the Washington, then Redskins. There was example after example after example that college coaches just do not come up here and have success. Urban Meyer, 
one at Florida, one at Ohio State. But when you're in Jacksonville and you don't have five stars everywhere, you don't have the biggest recruiting budget, you don't have the horseshoe behind you and all those boosters and support, things are a little bit tougher when you're not playing Rutgers every year. But when you're playing against the NFL, it's just not that easy. David Tepper should have known that. But David Tepper, he's a young owner. He's still trying to learn. And there's some benefit of the doubt that he's deserved and owed, but I don't know how much you can really give to him at this point in time, considering when you look at the totality of Tepper Sports and Entertainment. I don't really know where the sports part is, other than that he owns sports teams and really where the entertainment part is. I guess it's Billy Joel concerts. I would imagine it's Elton John concerts. It's the Rolling Stones. But it's certainly not the football team. Now, the soccer team, also football, that's been entertaining. But even this first year had its own calamity. David Tepper has missed on his first NFL coach in Matt Rule, who won 11 in 27 and 38 games. He missed on his first MLS coach, Miguel Angel Ramirez, who was fired after 14 matches. He had a spectacular debacle down in Rock Hill with the HQ and training facility, and there's a whole lawsuit with that now. He backed out of the Eastwood Mall project. We can talk about timing and all that. That was still something that he planned on doing. Backs out. No Charlotte FC presence there at all now. He's had multiple execs, like Tom Glick, leave. We didn't find out why until we figured out, oh, he's at, he's at Chelsea now. Okay, that makes sense. We've seen others leave who have been here in Charlotte. It's just curious, all the things that have happened under David Tepper. He, he came to Charlotte and he promised us six things when he got here. To build a championship caliber football team. That has not happened, not even close. To become a part of the community. They have the mini pitches. They've done plenty of charitable work, him and his wife, Nicole. So I guess they're a part of the community. But are they a welcome part of the community? I wouldn't say that at this point in time. He said that he would bring Major League Soccer to Charlotte. He's done that. And it was a great, fun season. Although they fell short of the playoffs for Charlotte FC. He'd improve Bank of America Stadium. Well, really, we are improving Bank of America Stadium because as a taxpayers, we're the ones. Me, Julian Council, citizen of Charlotte, North Carolina, Mecklenburg County. I pay for that. Not you. He also said he would bring concerts and other outside events to the stadium. He's done that. And with that, he's brought field turf, which is not healthy for NFL players. And the NFLPA said they don't want that. But he doesn't care because he wants to have a lot of events. And there's no excuse for it in this climate to have a field turf field. And he also said that he would provide Panther players and coaches with top-level training and practice facilities. That has not happened. There's a bubble now over uh, the practice facility, the Atrium Health Dome. So that's great. Slapped his sponsor on that. Cool. Great job, David. He took his time in being patient and building the football side, in the football side of it, and I applauded him. He wanted to rebuild the business side. But we've seen plenty of got people who have left in that part of Tepper Sports and Entertainment, the Carolina Panthers. And now the football side... First head coach of the soccer team, didn't pan out. Here in Charlotte with the Panthers, his first head coach didn't pan out. His first GM, we'll see. Because now a lot of the attention is going to be shifted on Scott Fitterer. David Tepper, since he took over, has resided over 23-47 and 47 record with the Carolina Panthers. I'm not going to necessarily put the first two on him because that was a coach he inherited. And I thought it was the right move to give Ron Rivera another year in 2019. But the guy he handpicked... Went 11 and 27. That's on David Tepper. David Tepper is an active participant here in Carolina. And I know a lot of you are going to sit and say, oh, well, he's not going to have anything to do with this next head coaching hire. It's going to be Scott Fitterer, the man who 
has led to the Panthers only having four picks upcoming in 2023 when this might be in need of an all-out rebuild? Because we're going to have time to talk about that, probably tomorrow. Well, after the, at the end of the Rivera era, when I watched this team in back-to-back seasons go 1-15 combined in their second half of the season, I felt like there was a roster overhaul that needed to happen. There was a lot of older players, so that was naturally going to happen anyways, and that certainly did on the defensive side a roster overhaul. We've seen how they flipped the roster. And I'm looking at it right now, and it's hard for me not to feel the same way, even though I feel like they're close. But these are the same players who were saying, we aren't executing. We got to go out there. We support coach. We need to do more. Well, they're not getting it done. So maybe it's time to find new players. I don't know. But it doesn't really matter if David Tepper is meddling and David Tepper is making bad decisions because David Tepper is the one who forced the quarterback changes. I'm not sitting here and telling you Teddy Bridgewater was the answer in Carolina long term. Absolutely not. But he did not have to be scapegoated after a single season. They could have easily done the smart thing to keep him for another year in 2021, either start him or start a rookie or take time until you found a rookie quarterback. They did not need to do what they did by going out there and making a desperate move for Sam Darnold. And then the next desperate move to bring in Baker Mayfield, a move that was necessary and they had to make. And that move not working out is why we're having the conversation. But you cannot ignore the role that David Tepper plays in all that has gone wrong during the Matt Rule era here in Carolina. He is directly responsible for it because he's the man who writes the checks. He's the man who sits there in the war room. He's the man who meets with the coach every week and the GM every week, and he's the man who hired them. The Panthers have a David Tepper problem. They're not going to fix it by him selling the team, and I don't want to hear, oh, where he might sell the team and go to move the team and go to San Antonio. That's idiotic. It's so stupid for people to think that they're going to leave Charlotte, North Carolina to go to San Antonio or London or any, any other. Where are they going to go in this country? Where is he going to go? So I don't want to hear anything about who's going to move the team. Shut up. Stop being stupid. It's not going to happen. The NFL is never going to let them move the team out of Charlotte. But until the Carolina Panthers fix their David Tepper problem, it does not matter who the coach is. Because David Tepper has to recognize he does not know the football. He needs to hire the right people, which he did not do with the head coach, and hopefully he's done with the GM, and let them do their jobs and sign the checks. So I want to have faith that David Tepper is going to get it right, but I just laid out how many things he's gotten wrong. And it's early. It's still early in his tenure as the owner of the Carolina Panthers. But it's not simple to get rid of an owner. It's not easy to get rid of an owner. Until this owner figures out that he doesn't know a lot of these things, and he needs to learn as well and needs to sit back, then the Carolina Panthers are going to continue to have an issue. Because one of the biggest competitive advantages in professional sports is ownership. It's plaguing the Charlotte Hornets. It's plaguing the Carolina Panthers right now. And God help us, and let's hope to God, because we're at the mercy of David Tepper, that he figures this out. Because I don't want to sit here and continuously talk about a bad football team and a new head coach every three years. Because right now, I have no reason not to believe that's going to be the reality, considering everything I've seen this carpet-bagging Yankee do since he came down to my hometown and wrecked this franchise. So Steve Wilkes now, hometown guy, gets an opportunity. We'll see what it leads to. Hopefully for Steve, he's going to be the head coach. But again, there's a reason why he's suing the NFL. So I'm not going to sit here and think that's going to be the case. We'll get into that and also update on the Baker Mayfield news and what's next as Carolina Panthers 
Head out west to face the defending Super Bowl champ, Los Angeles Rams, on Sunday. Well, we no longer have to head over to betonline.net and figure out who has the highest odds to be the next fired head coach because, well, Matt Rule, he's off the board, so I don't think we're all that concerned about it anymore. BetOnline is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you. Your favorite football team, what you wear to the playoff watch party, that song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic bowl cut from the 90s and hopefully is. Everything that makes you, you makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. And the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm Personal Price Plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. If there's really any silver lining to Matt Rule losing his job, because, again, guys, these are human beings. And I get it. You don't like the guy. I totally understand that. Didn't win enough. And he understood that he was not winning enough. So you had every right to boo him. And to feel the way you felt about him. But he is a human being. And these are actual lives involved. And as I said early on in the show, Matt Rule, yeah, he's going to be fine financially. He's going to go find another job that's going to pay him like six, seven million dollars a year. Good for him. Plenty of people in that building are not going to have the fortune to be able to find another opportunity in the NFL. And I'm not really talking about Ben McAdoo because in a way for him, like, yeah, it stinks. Probably the last time he's ever going to be an OC. But hey, his offenses stink. So it's, it's a meritocracy. There's other people who are now just trying to work their way into the NFL and into football who are only making like 40K, who aren't getting million-dollar buyout, who are not going to have an opportunity probably moving forward under the next regime. And that's just the realities of the business. And it's unfortunate, but that's life. And I certainly feel for those people. But I feel good for Steve Wilkes. Steve Wilkes, who just got railroaded in Arizona with the Cardinals. A one-year with Josh Rosen who did not pan out and has bounced around, I think, five or six different teams at this point in the NFL. That was his quarterback. Didn't work out. They said after one year, let's get rid of him. Then they bring in Cliff Kingsbury, who failed as a coach at Texas Tech, his alma mater, and the best job he thought he could get was as the OC at USC until Michael Bidwell out there in Arizona said, actually, you know what, Cliff, how about you come coach our team and be our head coach, and we're going to give you Kyler Murray to be your quarterback. Steve Wilkes didn't get that opportunity. Which is why he's selling, he's he's um part of Brian Flores' lawsuit to sue the NFL and question their hiring practices, and he's suing the Arizona Cardinals as well. But Steve Wilkes now has an opportunity. Native Charlottean went to Dub C West Charlotte High School. He's a lion. He also played football at Appalachian State University. He's a Mountaineer, and he's back here in Carolina, back home. He was here earlier as secondary coach and in D.C. under Ron Rivera, and he's back here as secondary coach, and now he's the interim head coach, and I'm happy for Steve to get this opportunity. 
that hopefully can put him in position to be a head coach again in the NFL. Will it be here in Carolina? I don't know. I've heard reports that Matt, that uh, David Tepper, the owner here in Carolina, wants to get a veteran head coach. Well, hey, Steve Wilkes has experience, and he's going to get 12 games to show what he can do. And we'll see how that plays out. I don't love the idea of a retread. I guess Steve Wilkes technically is a retread, but how much of an opportunity do you really get? No, I, didn't, I don't think much at all. So we'll see, man. We'll see how, how it plays out for him. It's a good story. Steve Wilkes to get that chance I really feel like he has a better chance of getting this job than Perry Fuel did uh, back when he was the interim for Ron Rivera back in 2019 he's now working the league offices uh, as far as with officiating I think he directs officiating something like that those four games Perry Fuel where he benched Dante Jackson and they just looked even worse than he had looked all season he is not he never had a chance to get the job Steve Wilkes now has a chance to get the job if they're one and four the season Let's be honest, probably over as far as any chance of getting the playoffs. They are only still two games out of first place in the NFC South. We'll see how things pan out. But with Tampa and a struggling Rams team coming up, I don't have much faith that they're going to still avoid one and six. Also, when you add in, look, Matt Rule's gone. But as I told y'all, that's not going to fix a lot of the issues that you have here. And the biggest issue outside the head coach is quarterback. Baker Mayfield had an MRI. On Sunday, turns out that he has a high ankle sprain. He's expected to miss some time. And P.J. Walker is likely going to get to start on Sunday on the road against the Rams. Now, P.J. Walker, as we've seen, when he started, this defense has played lights out, shutting out the Lions back in 2020. And in last year against Arizona, P.J. Walker's 2-0 as a starter. And he has a chance now to chase Cooper Rush, who is filling in for Dak Prescott with the Dallas Cowboys, to take the lead as the most wins without a loss to start a career as a quarterback. So we'll see if that happens. <laughs> most career starts without a loss. We'll see if that can happen for P.J. Walker. So that's one thing when looking at it. But P.J. Walker is not able to take care of the football, which we've seen when he plays. And that's going to lead to the same issues that we've already had. And if Sam Donald comes back and he's doing the same thing he's done his career, the Panthers are still going to have a tough time winning football games. So that's why I really look at it and see – it's so difficult for me to look at Steve Wilkes having a legit shot at this job just based off of the inherent disadvantages already on this roster created by Matt Rule and even the general manager, Scott Fitter, and, of course, the owner, David Tepper. Like, quarterback's going to be a problem. You hope that they can find a way to get the ball in McCaffrey's hands and DJ Moore's hands getting more involved now that P.J.'s in it, but I, I don't know. He's still new to this system as well. He's been here a lot longer than Baker, just having the entirety of the offseason to work with Ben McAdoo in, his, in this offense – I'm just not going to sit out here and think that, hey, P.J. Walker's instantly going to save, fix things. But he can't be much worse. He can't be worse at all than Baker Mayfield. He can't. And I can't imagine Sam's going to be worse than what we saw out of Baker. And at this point in time, Baker expected to miss time. I don't really see any reason why Baker Mayfield ever plays another snap for the Carolina Panthers unless P.J. and Darnold are injured. I really don't see why they would do that. When Scott Fitter traded away – that fifth-round pick in 2024, which had a condition of if he played 70% of the snaps, then it would become a fourth-round pick. Why would they give Cleveland a fourth-round pick now? Just let them have the fifth-rounder. They already got that pick. No reason to have Baker play anymore. He's shown that he's not the answer, and the head coach who he was trying to save is now gone. No reason to see Baker Mayfield the rest of the year. I did not expect after five weeks for us to be in this position where I'm saying, hey, Baker's hurt, Matt Rule's gone, let's no longer see Baker Mayfield. I would be totally fine riding it out with P.J. Walker the rest of the way. I would be. It'd be at least exciting. That's the one thing about watching P.J. run around there. He's got a great arm. Would love to see what P.J. Walker can do for 12 weeks if he can stay healthy. I'm totally fine with that because this team's probably not heading anywhere anyways, and maybe it might be Steve Wilkes' best opportunity. Like, who does he want to hitch 
his wagon to when he's trying to potentially get this job? Does he want to hitch it on Baker Mayfield? I would doubt that. Sam Darnold? I don't think so. P.J. Walker? Maybe. It's either going to be either Sam or P.J. So really for Steve Wilkes, he's going to have to hope that he picks the right quarterback that gives his team the actual best chance to win moving forward. That's not Baker Mayfield anymore. It's not. We've seen that. It's clear. I don't know if it's Sam. I don't know if it's PJ. It's got to be one of those two guys because it's not going to be Baker anymore. There's no reason for Baker to play anymore. And it's unfortunate. And for Baker, he's never going to get an opportunity to be a starter in the league anymore. For Sam Darnold, if he comes back healthy and he can help orchestrate a turnaround under Wilkes, maybe he gets another opportunity. But I think it's over for him too. And, of course, PJ Walker, he can show his chops as a backup quarterback in this league. So firing Matt Rule, as I've been saying, it doesn't change where this team's headed. They're headed nowhere the rest of this year. I hope that they can – change things it can add some intrigue but I just don't know and then moving forward as I told y'all yesterday really the only thing that can make this team intriguing heading into the offseason was a coaching change and a new quarterback there's already a coaching change we're going to sit here we're going to talk about plenty of candidates throughout the next couple months I don't know if we want to do that necessarily right now I kind of want to still focus on the season and see where this goes under Steve Wilkes but once we get the course to December and probably even earlier than that we'll, we'll certainly have more of an understanding of what David Tepper's looking for and who some of those um, candidates could be, and then find a way to figure out who we might think the best guy is. I already heard D'Amico Ryans. I talked about that with the Lockdown 49ers guys last week. I would love to see D'Amico Ryans coaching his defense and to see what he could do offensively as well, what he could bring in as far as quarterback too. So new quarterback, new head coach, that's coming here in 2023. And it's exciting. It's also nerve-wracking because, again, David Tepper <laughs> – he is he's a scary dude, man. <laughs> he's somebody who I have a lot of concern about. But hopefully he'll prove me wrong. Hopefully. And it's too bad that Matt Corral is injured because this would have been a great time to see Matt Corral and see what he's got. Now he probably won't get an opportunity because, like I've said, if I was the new head coach coming in, I'm not coming in here unless there's the understanding that we are drafting a quarterback in the first round. You are not saddling me with Matt Corral. I'm sorry. I would be saying that. And I'm sure the next guy coming in is not going to hinge their future on a third-round pick, especially if this roster, for the most part, stays intact and a lot of the key players are going to be here moving forward. And that's one thing that we'll have to answer moving here in the next couple of days of, you know, is it going to be a fire sale here in Carolina? I've already heard reports coming from Jonathan Jones of CBS Sports, who used to cover the Panthers locally for Charlotte Observer, and then also Jay Glazer of Fox saying that teams are going to start calling. Christian McCaffrey, is he on – is he, is he somebody the Panthers are willing to part ways with, with that contract? Uh, Brian Burns, he's owed a new deal coming up in the offseason. Does he want to stay here in Carolina, or does he want to go to a contender? DJ Moore, you would think he has to be the most aggrieved of anyone, considering how bad the quarterback play has been here since his career, but especially this year where he's off to the worst start of his career. Does he want to go elsewhere and try and win? Because he's been considered the most underrated receiver in the league. You have to look at Derrick Brown as well, who started really rounding the form. There's plenty of guys out there who I'm sure are going to get phone calls about. And Scott Bitter said in on every deal. I bet at what cost, man? At what cost? And we're going to get into it. I think tomorrow I'm not going to have a guest on. I think I'm just going to get into a lot of the trades and start shifting the focus on Scott Fitter and whether he should be under the microscope and whether he should still be here in Carolina if he really deserves to get a head coach of his own. We'll see, man. But uh, going to be plenty of time to break this down because Matt Rule is gone. I'm sure y'all are happy, celebrate all that, but also understand these are people's lives. And there's more than just Matt Rule who's going to have to be leaving our community here in Charlotte and people who might never, not ever get another opportunity like this who are not generationally wealthy. But it had to happen. Matt Rule was not the guy, probably never was the guy, because we know the track record of college coaches. It's lazy to say that, 
but we've seen everything that's happened over the course of these 38 games, and it just shows that Matt Rule is the wrong guy for the job, and David Tepper has a lot to do to gain back the trust of the fan base, but also to field a winning football team here in Carolina and to fulfill that promise he told us to bring championship-caliber football here to Charlotte, and that has not happened just yet. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all, make sure to watch the show, subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. Check me out wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me to participate in this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding. And I'll talk to y'all on Wednesday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.